Give me something. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Give Me Something. It's a Sportsbet podcast where we try to find you some value around the world during this uh, sporting apocalypse. It's a very special episode today. We're going to preview the NFL draft and that's uh, being held in uh, America but Friday Australian time and we've assembled our three biggest pigskin punters from around the office to take us through all the betting options uh, do yourself a favour, get onto the Sportsbet app now and follow along. There's heaps of markets uh, to bet on the NFL draft. And uh, we'll just introduce the uh, the trio we have at our disposal today. Uh, we'll start with Ed, Mel Kipper Jr. Wyatt. He's our resident draft expert at Sportsbet HQ. Welcome aboard, Ed. I'll do my best. Uh, thank you, mate. And uh, next off off the uh, off, next cab off the rank, we've got Australia's version of uh, Adam Schefter. He's breaking news as much as he is hearts. Felix Van Hoff, good morning, mate. Good morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of stuck in here a little bit like you got that one bloke in the quaddy that likes to think a little bit wider than usual. So we should be able to find some, some outside-the-line stuff. That's what you're here for, Felix. Good to hear. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, he's probably a character I could only describe as the Jamarcus Russell of NFL drafts. Uh, the likeness is uncanny. Slug, how are things, mate? They're very good. That's such a niche reference to start on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm speechless. Please continue. <laughs> well, we're talking about uh, first round bust. You're certainly not that. You're, uh, you've been a diamond in the rough for us, Slug. But uh, a little bit of a tidbit off the top there. So you've got your Denver Broncos gear on, which is fantastic. That's it. Um, they've never had a first round pick in the NFL draft. Did you know that? Uh, is that true? That's true, yeah. I don't think they've ever... Oh, sorry, a, a number one pick in the first round. Ah, sorry, yeah. I was yeah. going to say, I was actually... <laughs> I was going to mention at the top, I'm actually wearing my, my Von Miller jersey. I think he was taking pick two in maybe 2011 behind uh, Cam Newton. And they famously clashed in the in the 2015 Super Bowl. Yep, I had a, a very good wager on Von Miller to win the MVP, that Super Bowl, and that came off. Uh, he was paying way overs at halftime. Uh, but we'll, we digress. We're going to jump into some of the action, but a bit of background about the draft. Um, obviously, this was meant to be in Las Vegas this year. Uh, now it's going to be held over Zoom. I don't think anything sums up uh, how rubbish 2020 has been than that. Um, and I think a few of the teams are going to some crazy lengths to uh, make sure things don't land on the spinning wheel of death slug. I'm not sure if you've got any expert advice for all those uh, commissioners out there or team owners to uh, avoid Zoom death. Um, yeah, well, the, our internet was fixed last week, but before that, we were struggling. I was a really... You really tough. were. Um, my internet was so bad. If I'd have been Joe Burrow, I probably would have been drafted, not in, not pick one, but maybe in the seventh round of the Vikings. Or <laughs> <laughs> so fingers crossed it all connects. Um, I would hate to see someone's streams get dashed because their internet wasn't working. I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to, Rambo. Yes, is once Joe Burrow gets drafted to the Bengals and he thinks his mic's off and he accidentally leaves it on and he just gets a massive pause. <laughs> we could get some real nice accidental reactions when they think yeah. that mic's off this we year. We could. I, I did re read, Rambo, your Bears, um, uh, they've uh, set up his thing during the week and they were testing it and his wife was vacuuming and ended up <laughs> unplugging the whole system. So he's made it clear that his wife can't vacuum and his daughter can't go online and learn while the draft is on. So there's going to be a lot of that stuff. 
Yeah. Well, I don't even know if we need to connect. We haven't even got a first-round pick, so that could probably be sitting out the first <laughs> few hours. Uh, of course, for those who don't know about the NFL draft, uh, a little bit of a background. It works in reverse order to last season standing. So uh, Cincinnati, with a massive two wins last year, get pick one, which we just said. Joe Burrows, the very, very short price favourite to go number one. I think it's the Redskins, the Lions and the Giants to follow in, in order after that. Uh, but we always love to see a bit of trade action in the first round. Ed, I'm not sure if you think there's going to be any possibility of that this year. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And for a lot of Australians don't quite understand, you can trade your pick up to uh, literally when you're on the clock, you can then make a trade. So we, we may see trades. We will see trades on Friday. You can trade for players, you can trade for cash, you can trade for future draft picks, uh, future considerations, which is incredibly vague, like Gatorade or something like that. (laughs) Um, You're right about that first four. I mean, Cincinnati, Washington, Detroit, most people think they're going to stay in that position. There is a chance Detroit could trade down, but that well, Felix will talk about that in a sec because he thinks there may be a trade where Detroit moves down and still is able to get the guy they want. Um, the real interesting stuff for me, guys, starts at four with the New York Giants. They need an offensive tackle. There are a couple good ones in the draft, but they may pick Isaiah Simmons, who many people think is the best athlete in the draft. He's a linebacker out of Clemson. So if they take Simmons, then who knows where that goes from there. The next two are Miami at five and the Chargers at six. They both want a quarterback or need a quarterback, so you think they're going to pick either Tua from Alabama or Justin Herbert from Oregon. And then it starts getting murky again. Arizona at eight could go anywhere. They could trade. They could go a receiver. They could go a lineman. They could go Simmons if he's still around. So it's going to be intriguing. And the one thing about a mock draft, you see a million of them, but as soon as the trade is made, everyone's mock draft goes to hell. So you can make all the mock drafts you want, but one little move, and it's like a house of cards. It goes away. Yeah, that's spot on, Ed. Uh, I really hope that happens because there's nothing like throwing the cat amongst the pigeons when it comes to this Mm -hmm. stuff, finely tuned. Um decisions just judged purely on uh, one combo on and a small sample size of uh, college games and you, you're spending all your, uh, your chips in. Uh, and we talk about talent assessment. I can't believe I'm going to go to you on this one, Felix. But uh, <laughs> obviously Tampa Bay's finest, Tom Brady, uh, went in the sixth round uh, all those years ago. Um, some teams see talent differently, namely the Cleveland Browns. Uh, but I'm not sure <laughs> if you've got any tips from your end on uh, what, what the team should be looking for in this draft. Yeah, well, the, the one thing that on that talent evaluation stuff is that for people sort of saying that, oh, two is going to go down because teams aren't able to get a medical evaluation on him, I'm pretty damn sure that the NFL teams are going to find a way for the most important position in <laughs> professional sports to get a medical evaluation done. If there are people out there riding on the streets in America, then I think the Dolphins are going to be able to find a way to get a doctor to have a little look at two at Tagovailoa. So I'm not as worried and I'm not actually buying into that sort of medical stuff. So I think that a lot of this sort of, that, that's the talk that's pushed Herbert a little bit down or has pushed Tua a little bit down and pushed Herbert back up into that um, top spot. But I still personally like, I think Slug, you brought up a, a bit of big game issue, which, you know, there's not too much there. He has proved himself on the stage before, but I've always been a big fan of Tua. So I, I think that he's still a chance to go up there and you might be able to take advantage in some of those markets, especially in that, you know, for the, they could go as far as the Dolphins, in my opinion, could go as far as the second pick if they're getting really desperate and if they start to sense that maybe the Chargers want to trade up as well, 
if the Chargers trade up and get that third pick, then you could see the Dolphins have to really say, well, we've got no choice here. We're going to have to trade up for the second pick. So even though it's a dollar oh two for Chase Young in that second pick, I don't think that's safe by any means because, as you said, Ed, they can trade right up until where they're on the clock. And, and emergency situations, you're not really going to get, apart from Jalen Hurts, who's probably going to go to that you know, late first round, early second round, there's not many off times that, uh, you know, that many quarterbacks of this ability come in in the one draft. So I think that you could see some knee-jerk reactions. And if someone takes that, and mainly I think the Dolphins are more likely to do it, but if the Chargers make that trade with Detroit and end up at three, I think the Dolphins could pull something wild and end up at uh, two. Yeah, there's a lot of weird games being played. You start reading some stuff like, well, Detroit's now interested in a quarterback. Well, they're not. They're not going to take Justin Herbert or Tua, no. but they're just kind of drive the agenda. And the same with the Giants. You know, the Giants have got Daniel Jones. They're not going to take Herbert or Tua, but if they make enough noise to sort of scare Miami into saying, geez, we may not get him, and then they do that trade and they maybe milk the, milk the team for a little bit more. Yeah, it wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't be like the Lions to do nothing in the first half of the draft and then just come home and, uh, in the second part and uh, <laughs> deliver something. You can For those who are interested on um, Tua, you can actually jump on the Sportsbet app and you can uh, you can back the team that uh, is going to draft Tua. So the Dolphins $1.67, the Chargers 360 if you uh, want to back Felix in there with some early value. Now Slug, uh, we mentioned Tom Brady and his move to Tampa Bay. Um, and he's brought his good mate along, Rob Gronkowski. And I know you were pretty keen to have a chat about this off the top. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's, uh, is it 20, 20 years since, um, since they've had a change of quarterback? It's incredible scenes. It's going to be an interesting one for the Patriots organization, for the Bucks organization, how they move from there. I think the real big one for me, though, the questions are going to be asked to the Pats. Um, I'm confident Belichick's going to have the answers. The blokes are genius. Who I don't think is going to have the answers is going to be the Pats fans. Um, <laughs> and I say fans um, because these people are also weirdly um, massive Yankees fans. They're Barca fans. They're Lakers fans. Um, what, what do we think they're going to do here? Do they stick fat with the Pats? Um, do they jump ship to the Bucks? Do they admit <laughs> finally, after 15 years, 10 years, however long they've been going for, do they finally admit they're cowards and bandwagoners? Or are they going to stick and just drift off slowly into the night? I don't know what's going to happen. I'm actually confident that Belichick is, is too good a coach to, to let this slip away. I think he's going to bring in a veteran. I think they're going to succeed. They'll probably make the playoffs again. He's that good a coach. Um, but yeah, definitely interested to see how these Pats fans are, are going to go. And I'm, I, I know that Harley, who's producing this show, is a Pats fan, so I'm interested to see if I'm going to be up at any point. Yeah, very likely that whole section's not going to make it. And, uh, uh, it's almost a blessing in disguise that our own Michael Wall, uh, uh, the Patriots uh, nut, isn't on the podcast today. He sacrificed his seat to me, actually, and this might be the reason why, Slug. Um, <laughs> he would have bailed already. Yeah, I've come is there in any hot. sort of... Is, is there any sort of, do you think that, uh, just while I've been watching the news of all this sort of stuff, is, are we getting too caught up in nostalgia? With Look, Gronk's been in the WWE for the last <laughs> year. Tom Brady, the, the Patriots are good enough where they're not going to let a guy go that they think can valuably contribute to their organization mm-hmm. on field. So they've let him go. The, the Patriots are quite happy to trade Gronk as soon as they have the opportunity to do it. To go to the Bucks, I can understand. The, look, the Bucks get a lot better in this because they can block now, and, and and they maybe don't have to make as many moves on draft day and the running back, so they can open themselves up somewhere else. But 
I think we're just getting too caught up in the nostalgia of what Gronk and Brady were. I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I think Gronk, no one would admit that Gronk's days, you know, best days aren't behind him. I mean, I, I, I would suggest that. But I do think you're right. I think for Brady, it's maybe a comfort thing. It uh, drives some fans, some entertainment. Um, but you're right. I, I don't think Belichick is necessarily going to miss him. They're in a tiny bit of a rebuild. You're you're lucky you can rebuild in the AFC East, and I know teams are getting better, but it's been a notoriously bad division for a long time. So I think the Pats are in okay shape. They'll find an answer. I think the interesting thing that Slug brings up is those fans. They've been spoiled for a long, long time. The older Patriots fans remember when they were really bad. But the younger Patriot fans have no memory of that. So it's going to be a real adjustment for those fans that are spoiled and used to winning and used to having Brady and Gronk uh, right there uh, as the combination. And does this affect the Bucks on draft day? Because you look at now that when you've got Brady and Gronk, you're not looking for long-term rebuild here. You're looking for instant success. So there could be, if you go through deeper into maybe those second rounds, third rounds, you can find some value and trade-up opportunities there because, you know... They're not looking for a rebuild here. This is a one to two year window where you got to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, and they're sitting at, um, I think they're at 15 or 14. 14, Yeah, so everyone says they're going to take a tackle. They need another big lineman, obviously, there to help protect Brady. And there's a lot of good linemen, offensive linemen in the draft. But I think you're right, Felix. They can maneuver a little bit down below in those lower picks, make some trades, maybe gamble on a playmaker that's sort of a home run hitting type guy that may be a hit or miss uh, opportunity on offense. Quick question, Ed, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep this brief because I know we've got to keep moving, but I want to look at the two the two ways next season can go for, for Brady uh, here, and I, I want you to give me your thoughts. Is his legacy time with a 0-16 season? <laughs> so, conversely, is it how great is this guy going to be if he can take them to the playoffs, maybe win a couple of games in the playoffs? That's a great, you know, that first question is absolutely a great question because if they do go 0 and 16 or 1 and 15 or even 2 and 14, fingers crossed. Do do people start attacking the legacy? Obviously, I don't think you can, but it could put a little blip on there. Oh, yeah, remember, oh, yeah, he went to Tampa Bay and, you know, he was terrible. It's not going to affect him in the long term. He's still one of the greatest quarterbacks the league's ever seen. But it will be interesting to see if a couple of bad years in Tampa – put a little bit of a, uh, a damper on that reputation. But yes, if, if they do really well, then yeah, it's just chalk up another one to one of yeah. the greatest who's ever played the game. Good. Yeah, we don't have to worry about the Patriots. I think uh, Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer will keep them in good stead in that terrible <laughs> <laughs> NFC East. Uh, now let's jump into the draft, fellas. Um, as I mentioned off the top, there's, an, there's a massive amount of markets on the sports bet punters. Can't encourage you more to jump on. Um, we've been starved of sporting action. You get to watch this live on ESPN on Friday morning. Beautiful viewing time. Get some area on the couch sorted. Open the sports bit up. Uh, Ed, I'm going to stick off with you, mate. Yep. Um, I reckon, obviously, Joe Burrow is a very, very short price favorite to go number one. But you've got some value potentially around uh, picking the exact... One, two, three to kick us off. Yeah, I think that's an interesting one because we talked about Joe Burrow goes one, Chase Young goes two, and then is it Herbert or is it Tua? So if you know, it could be Jeff Akuda, who most people think Detroit wants and will take there. But if they happen to trade down, Herbert is about six bucks. So Burrow, Young, and Herbert. Uh, in that exact order, pays six dollars. I think two is around five fifty as well. So I think that's not a bad. Th- Thank you, 450. Not a bad thought if you think 
that Miami uh, or the Chargers is going to trade up. The other one that I find really interesting now, and I'm a Broncos fan like Slug, so I do a lot of reading of the Denver media, and John Elway apparently really wants uh, Judy, the wide receiver from uh, Alabama, one of the two in the draft, Ruggs and Jerry Judy. So to finish in the top, to be picked in the top 10, that would require Denver to move up in a trade, which could happen. Judy is paying 340 and first three wide receivers taken, Judy, C.D. Lamb, who many people think will be the first taken, and then Ruggs, three, is 350. So if you believe that Denver's going to trade up maybe to Arizona at eight to make sure they get Jerry Judy, then I think those are pretty good options there. And then the final market, the final market I'll point you towards is the Roger Goodell tie color. (laughs) Very important. (laughs) So this has just been put on the market, uh, on site. 250 for red, which is the favorite, 325 for blue, 550 for either silver, gray, or yellow, gold. And then 24 bucks for no tie. Now, here are my oh. quick thoughts on this. Mm. He's worn blue or a striped blue three years in a row. Uh-huh. I did my research looking at that. So he's worn <laughs> blue three years in a row. So blue at 325 is not a bad play. But the no tie from his own basement in these mm. weird times when people are coming on, well, in Oregon shirts and things like that. <laughs> Could he come on in one of those sort of preppy American high collared sort of sweatery yep. jumpery type things? I think yeah. that is a is a look, it's twenty four bucks, might be worth a shot. I like that. So obviously we've got a bit of momentum off the SCOMO tie market. Um, now rolling into yep. the other side of the planet with the NFL draft. Um, obviously, if you if you want to see a bit more value, you can uh, multi that into Goodell to get booed. Um, even over even over Zoom, I'm sure he's going to get booed by someone. Um, I think was it Bud Bud Light or Bud Weiser, one of those of uh, started Bud Light competition to get people to send in their booze remotely. Brilliant. Um, that is fantastic stuff. Thank you, Ed. Um, there's a lot of value there, particularly in those top three markets. Uh, I like that little bit of trifecta action. Uh, Felix, yep. do you want to take us away, mate? Hopefully you've got some value for us as well. Is uh, Ed, am I right in saying that you probably knew those that history of Roger Goodell's tie before you even knew that there was a market up on that? <laughs> that, is, that is not true. Ed's the reason we have a market on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the depth of Ed's knowledge of these things goes. But no, no, no. I'd, I'd love to go out and go crazy with it and say, look, I still think there's the potential for Justin Herbert or two attack of Iloa at that second pick as a knee-jerk reaction. Do I think it's the right move? No, but it's the NFL for a reason. It's the Miami Dolphins for a reason. This stuff happens. So I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. $15 for both of them, the two quarterbacks to go at number two. You could potentially get there. But I think the safest pick for me, and you can use it as a bit of a... You can use those ones as a bit of a saver on this, but Justin Herbert to go to the Miami Dolphins. I think that no matter what, whether he did, whether they do get him at that usual pick or whether they trade up, I think two dollars twenty-five is pretty good value for what you know a team's already made there. You know, has, haven't kept their cards as close to their chest as others have. Yes, very nice. I like that. There's a bit of range there as well, depending on how the picks fall. Uh, Justin Herbert to the Dolphins. Slug, I know you've got a very keen interest in uh, the punters. Of course, we don't have. Uh, Ben Graham on the podcast today, unfortunately, to take us through all the Australian hopes, but uh, you'll have to do, mate. Yeah, second best to, to Ben Graham, I would have thought. 
I'm happy to let you guys look at the rock star positions, you know, the big salaries and uh, the Madden covers. I've, I'm referred to sort of a quote from one of my favourite coaches of all times uh, in Tony D'Amato, and he said, football, like life, is a game of inches. So one position I think really <laughs> impact um, the, the, you know, the, the game of inches in football is the punters, you know. Very big difference between a good punt and a bad punt, um, especially as I watch a lot of games at Mile High uh, Stadium there. It's, it does make a big difference. So I've had a bit of a research, um, spent a bit of research um, looking to see where we might see the first punter drafted. So teams aren't carrying around four, five, six punters, so it is really important that they, they nail this one. So there's a few a few to watch in this year's draft. So um, one key one will be Australia's own Aaron Sipos. So real AFL nuffies would remember him as being a centre forward for the Saints um, a few years ago. Um, but he had turned his, turned his attentions to the gridiron. Uh, he's been at Auburn for the past three seasons, I think it is. Um, reports are coming out that the Lions, Jets and the Falcons have all kept close tabs on him. So we should expect him to see, expect to see him picked up. I'm not too sure exactly where that'll be. Um, but keep uh, keep eyes on that. So I think the um, he won't be first. I think that'll go to Texas A&M's Braden Mann. So this mm-hmm. bloke wants it further than anyone else. Uh, I think he's averaging close to 50 yards, which is which is pretty impressive. Um, but further than that, he's also got a bit of ticket too. He's laid seven return tackles last season. Oh, footy for about 16 years, and I can say com- confidently that that is a way higher tackle count than I've ever done. So <laughs> it's pretty impressive. So my tip is for Braden. Oh, what a man! Uh, he'll be drafted in the sixth round, I reckon. <laughs> Dollar ninety six at the moment, so I reckon that's where he's going to go. That's where the smart money is for me. And I don't yeah, know who stuff's like. But the be- uh, I wonder if me could be the first uh, athlete to do the the reverse and go from the uh, NFL to the AFL with that uh, tackling record. <laughs> yes. That's what I'd like to see. Um, Whispers like are to they're that. calling him Jude Bolton down at Texas A and M. Jude Bolton was be- very big in Texas in his. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that, that's that's some great uh, tips there, Slug. Thanks for that, mate. I'm I'm pretty interested to hear from uh, you as well, Ed, on one particular market. It seems to be a, a horrific class for running backs uh, this year. Mm. Um, the over under on how many running backs to go in the first round is set at 0.5, and uh, the over is 247. Um, so you're basically telling me there's no good running back prospects in that first round. That's a really interesting one. I, as I've gone through this whole thing, you're, that's exactly what stands out is there aren't many uh, compared to years past. And I think the other thing you've got at work here is that teams are realizing you don't have to take a running back in the first round. So many good running backs are so coming not, out of the it's second round. So it's not like round. fantasy football then? No, it is well. It's sort of diminishing, isn't it? The the running back over the years, and because the lifespan is so short, because one injury can wipe out a a great player so quickly. I think the idea now is to sort of stockpile uh, a number of different guys, and you pick them up in the later rounds. So I think that's a really interesting bet. Uh, and you're right. All the I've mainly been looking at the first fifteen or so picks, to be honest. Um, because I don't do it full time for a living, <laughs> I would do more. Really? But, uh, but no, I don't believe it. Or not. But uh, because I'm busy with Belarusian soccer. But um, the uh, the uh, running backs, yeah, just don't really pop up anywhere. To be honest with you, no one's even talking about that. Well, well I've just got a of... sneaking suspicion. Sorry, Felix, uh, that one of the owners won't be able to help themselves, uh, and they'll want to grab someone with a highlight reel who can just kind of 
split their uh, the, the tackles and the linemen and, and uh, have a good reel to get something on the board for their players. So there might be a bit of action there. Felix takes away. Sorry, mate. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm, I'm backing you up on that market. I reckon that Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin could be a chance to go if the, if the Bucks want to make a move because with Gronk's blocking ability, they actually they wanted to make a move away from the original running back. So there's a chance there that they, they take a swing at it and then think that he might be heading off. So I think Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin could be a chance if the yep. Bucks do want to improve that running back spot. And, and yeah, it's a really, I think that's a great, great thought, Rambo. It's a, it's a very low number. I think that's a really, really interesting one for people to look at. So just to clarify, uh, it's the over is $1.50 and the under is two forty seven. So it probably does help if the host actually looks at his bets correctly. <laughs> On that, All right, maybe it's not that great a one to look at. <laughs> so, it was still a worthwhile discussion. up as we speak, though. Yes. I mean, we are moving the lines live, even though the podcast is not live. Uh, these things happen. Um, safe to say that uh, Chris Berman's kept his job for the NFL draft this year. Uh, thank you, fellas. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone's got any other uh, outside markets or value to give us. Um, Ed, probably looking at you, if you've got another sneaky one from the skies. I don't have a sneaky one, but I will say that the recent history of Oregon quarterbacks being drafted highly is not great. Joey Harrington, Akili Smith, Marcus Mariota. So that could be, you know, you throw Herbert in that mix. Obviously, that has nothing to do with Herbert. But if you're looking from a historical perspective, that's one thing to look at. And the other thing to mention is the last time Miami passed on a quarterback with injury concerns, that guy was Drew Brees. So just keep that in mind. He turned out to be okay, didn't he? Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. Not not as good as those other three names that Ed mentioned from Oregon. (laughs) Uh, Well, there there are some good names in this draft as well. It's also one of my favorite things. Jerry, Judy, Judy. Uh, as we mentioned, C.D. Lamb, not to be confused with uh, K.D. Lang. Uh, Henry Ruggs third, Clavon Chazon, DeAndre Swift. Um, that's what we all come for to hear these fantastic names. Tristan Wirfs. Tristan Wirfs, of course. Yeah, I could forget that one. Um, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I am off to watch Kevin Costner in draft day. Get myself all sorted, get some snacks, get Great a fried chicken sorted. Fantastic film. Um, to all you out there, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you jump on the Sportsbet app. Lots of markets there. Probably going to be a few more by draft time tomorrow. Um, have fun with it, and as always, gamble responsibly. We'll see you tomorrow.